0: Alright squad, so real quick, want to intro this so we can listen to all this great thought leadership. I was at Cable Tech Expo 2019 in New Orleans, I was there earlier this week. Uh, it was a lot of fun, you know New Orleans is hot and muggy, but the giant convention center, the Ernst Morial, I believe it's called, Ernst Morial, Ernest Morial uh, Convention Center, is uh, nice and air conditioned, so I was not feeling the mugginess. Which Less is good. hot and muggy. Less hot and muggy. Um, but the thought leadership was hot, and it was not muggy. Whoa. It was it was clear. Spicy. Spicy. So I interviewed a lot of people on the show floor at Cable Tech talking about the rollout of 5G wireless and the rollout of 10G wired broadband. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- both different. The Gs mean different things. 5G is like the fifth generation of wireless. 10G means literally 10 gigabits. Um, and uh, providing the infrastructure for that over DOCSIS or over Fiber. Regardless, I-, I spoke to a lot of people, and they gave me different perspectives on how 5G and 10G might affect society, how it might affect telecom and broadband companies, ISPs. They all had different things to say, so I made a, about a five-minute montage here. I want you all to listen here. The first person we're going to hear from is from Spectrum's smart city uh, division. He's got some great thoughts on how 5G is going to affect smart cities, how we don't need to wait for 5G to take advantage of smart cities. And then we're gonna hear from a bunch of different people. Their names are included. So enjoy, we'll be back in about five minutes with some commentary.
1: My name is uh, Satya Parimi. I'm the group vice president of enterprise data products and smart city solutions. Uh, I, it's a very common uh, uh, misconception in the industry that you need 5G right. to do smart city solutions. Uh, you can do them now. I think we already have a gig network today. Uh, n- none of these smart city technologies require that kind of bandwidth. Right. Uh, I think it's more about leveraging the technologies already available and getting started now versus starting to or wait for 5G or 10G. Because with with the current technologies we have, with fiber we can go up to 10 gig symmetrical. With coax technologies we can do one gig and we have one gig deployed everywhere. We have tremendous coverage with Wi-Fi and we're looking at new technologies like CBRS. So smart cities don't need to wait for anything. They can get started now. But when when cable industry as a whole Mm -hmm. does 10G, what it really does is it opens up more depth of availability of the network, right? So a 10G symmetrical on coax, for example, can be powerful because it's everywhere. And uh, and that's the thing, actually, it's a great question you asked because uh, we get asked from the cities as well about, hey, what's going on with 5G? Should we have to wait for 5G? And our answer is, uh, no, you don't have to. You can right. start now. Yes, we can take advantages of 5G as it comes out down the road, uh, but start now, and uh, we're getting really good feedback from uh, cities about that. Teresa McGahey, and uh, Senior Director of Marketing, focused mostly at our uh, systems, but solutions overall. For the
0: company Calix? Calix. Calix, awesome.
1: If you blanket things, you're going to hit a lot of people that have no need. I mean, if you look at a regular home today, um, we've got data that shows that an average home between the periods of six to nine, one of the most um, busy times, uh, really only averages about 10 megabits. But then there's other homes where there's that exception, 500 megabits, you know, et cetera. And so why blanket it everywhere? Put it where it makes sense.
2: SAJ, Jamal, and my title is VP of Marketing, and the company is SimWave. I think the, the biggest thing as these new technologies come out, it's because we need the pipes to be larger. Yeah. We need more data to get through there. And the reason is what, you know, people, the, the work is shot at high resolution, and now our TVs are 4K, they will go to 8K. So the requirements of bandwidth are higher and higher. And so the importance of quality is just gonna go up. It, it, I just need to know that it works better. But the other part of the equation is, there's, your testing, does the network support it? But if people are more mobile and want TV everywhere, if I have a fixed connection, but I want to continue the way game as I move, yeah. what happens to it? You know. And again, not in terms of did the bits get through, did it interrupt my show? And so we, we, we say that, as this TV everywhere becomes more of a thing, the, the more important it is to, to know. Yeah,
0: my name is Kurt Rafflob, and I am the head of Strategic Solutions Marketing at Adtran. 10 gig's not just about delivering, you know, 10 gig to a home. Most people can't wrap their head around that, and really, that is, you know, many time, uh, many years away. But 10 gig absolutely as an aggregation, bringing yeah. 10 gig to an MDU, so important. Um, whether that's on fiber, whether that's on coax whether that's wireless, you know, we have those type of solutions because we really have to be um, media agnostic yeah. and allow that same, fire, that, the same um, subscriber experience to be, be ubiquitous and be consistent and universal regardless of that media.
3: First name is David, last name is Kazacek. Currently I work in a group called Market Development and I'm an engineer in the Market Development Group for Corning, awesome. yes sir. We do the plumbing yeah. of the network. And in terms of what I've seen the customers buy into yeah. innovation are the ways we're solving deployments of that plumbing. Our stuff is on poles, it's down in the ground, it's, it's in a manhole, right? But those are the kind of problems that our customers come and ask us to solve. I just talked to a gentleman out there, he asked about 5G networks, right? How does Corning feel about 5G cellular? We kind of think about it differently, right? The problems we get asked to solve is, the client comes in and says, hey, I have one tower now, it services this whole area. Now the client comes in, this whole area, I need to have a hundred of these here, right? Or maybe a thousand. And then the problem comes from the client, everything gets lower, right? What was on a tower now is on a light pole, on a building, on a street lamp. And the questions we get is like, hey Corning, how am I gonna run cable up that light pole? Uh, My city of doesn't want a gigantic box on the side of that. How do you solve that? Oh, by the way, you need to put it on that building? Well, that building happens to be Paul Revere's house, right? You're walking down the street in Boston. His house is right there on the left, right? As you're gonna go get an Italian dinner.
0: I love that last bit of commentary. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Going to get an Italian dinner? And, uh, you know, oh, Paul Revere's house is there. You got to set up some 5G wires there. <laughs> I love it. I just that Great. Made me laugh. You can probably hear my chuckle there in the in the bit. But, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Look, everyone had something different to say, but there were some commonalities there. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite point from uh, our friend over at Spectrum's Smart Cities division was that You know, this idea of a smart city is not futuristic anymore. It's 100% accessible. Right. We see it in city smart lighting, smart parking, Mm -hmm. smart agricultural solutions. um, And those don't need 5G to win. They can work off of the infrastructure we've already got, the DOCSIS infrastructure, the fiber infrastructure, even the wireless infrastructure, the LTE that's already out there. Sure. We don't need 5G to make it happen. Um, And that seems to be a misconception that... You know, when people think emerging tech, they think, oh, IoT, smart cities, 5G. It's, it's all the same. And we need all of them to be able to have our big smart car world from iRobot. You know, yeah, but that's yeah. not as tangible right now. We can get smaller smart city solutions deployed without an entire nationwide 5G infrastructure.
4: So I thought that was really interesting. Um, did anything stand out to you? I did enjoy the the that last part actually. You know, so w- where he's talking about they don't want gigantic boxes on the side of right. light poles and that sort of thing. That smart city, while you know being functional, also has to make sense for the general aesthetic of a city. It has to make sense for the design aspect of of what you're trying to do around a city. And so, making tech make sense for what a city is supposed to look like and what a city you know ideally would look like. Yeah, um, I, I think makes a lot of sense in having that conversation. I'm curious when When the topic of five g came up did did you have a lot of conversations about practical use cases these days? you know, and yeah, and what the future could realistically look like because we have a lot of grandiose conversations and and you're right a lot of times it's like, oh well when when five g is here, when five g is here and and that sort of thing. but w- what's it actually going to look like? because yeah. it sounds like every everybody in every industry is like, oh, when five g is here, it's going to be insane and it's going to affect all this stuff. but Will it actually do all of those right. things or or like what how how will our lives actually look? right? I mean it's uh
0: to tell you the truth, we weren't talking a ton about end vision deployment and what five g futures will look like in ten years because honestly to a lot of people at cable tech, it is kind of like fairy tale conversation still mm-hmm. uh, it I mean, it's cool and it's definitely reachable, but they're more worried about, okay, am I going to have to lay new fiber infrastructure to make 5G happen? Yeah. You know, um, what about rural America? 25% of rural markets still don't even have high-speed internet access, right? right? Right. Things like that are what are driving the conversation at CableTech. Not so much like what are the big telemedicine um, potential use cases of 5G, even though that is still cool conversation. But I I think you heard it from Saj at Mm -hmm. SimWave when he's talking about video distribution. That is kind of one of the most tangible things that you can see for 5G moving forward. The idea of video everywhere and a mobile wireless uh, viewing and consumption of media. So the challenges that his company is working on are trying to solve the encoding and the bit rate and the the distribution and delivery challenges of high-quality video over things like 5G. So when 5G does become um ubiquitous mm-hmm. and a standardized thing here in the United States uh people are going to want to take advantage of that 5G capacity to you know be streaming something on their iPad or you know let's say something with data let's say on their yeah. iPhone um you know they're watching Game of Thrones reruns and then they want to walk out and walk the dog all the way to the park well mm-hmm. being on Wi-Fi obviously that would interrupt the stream but if you're on 5G the idea is that You should be able to go from fixed wired connection, which I'm even just going to call Wi-Fi in the home, Mm -hmm. to step outside and suddenly use 5G, and the video is going to be seamless. It's going to be the same thing, same quality. That is the kind of tangible thing that I think consumers can look at. They can be like, oh, wow, what? I can stream Netflix from my home, walk in all the way to the metro, and then to work and not have my feed interrupted? No way. Those are the kind of tangible applications that I think are uh, more useful to talk on but I, I agree with your point I think the infrastructure conversation is the one that is most interesting mm-hmm. because we heard from Teresa at Calix that you know, she's advising people not to do full 10G uh, broadband rollouts just kind of in a blanket manner yeah because it's not cost effective especially when you're an independent or a small market operator. Uh, you know, a full rollout of 10G is is billions of dollars, mm-hmm. I- at least millions. But, you know, let's say if we're talking multiple markets and you're a, even a midsize company, it's a billion dollar investment. Right. Uh, you know, Comcast, um, some of these larger ISPs, uh, they're spending billions of dollars on 10G deployment right now. Um, so, you know, how do you take advantage of 10G in the most cost-effective way possible and you know we're hearing from uh kurt at Adtran. we heard from mr kozicek at corning that taking advantage of the infrastructure that's already available so mm-hmm. finding ways to put 5g um backhaul stressors on the Doxis networks that already exist so the kind of the outdated you know I'm, I'm doing air quotes here the outdated cabling Um, can actually empower 5G. You don't need to redeploy fiber everywhere, right? Right. Um, So there's there's a lot of cool stuff happening here. But I think what cable operators, what broadband providers, what ISPs should be looking at, what the telecom industry should be looking at is how can we take advantage of the infrastructure that already exists Mm -hmm. as we roll out 5G and 10G. Um, Because redeploying fiber is costly and takes forever so the fiber that's already out there you know how can we send multiple wavelengths through it i saw plenty of companies trying to do solutions in that realm right how can we deploy it over doxus i mean it's it's really interesting um and the media agnosticity or agnosticism excuse me is (laughs) uh yeah i don't know how to conjugate that word. The media agnosticism is also really important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. White box solutions, open source kind of solutions that play with any media content and play with any kind of interconnected uh, technology is necessary to Mm -hmm. really take advantage of 10G and 5G moving forward. I don't think the proprietary solutions are going to last. They're going to be beaten out. So those are all just my thoughts based on all those conversations. But I feel like I'm definitely more in tune with the 5G, 10G world after cable tech.
4: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Any final thoughts on all that? We'll have to unpack that later. we to unpack Which it later. We are out of time. All
0: right, y'all. So we are going to be chatting FCC net neutrality on a little on-demand yes. uh, piece of content. So head to our website here soon. We'll be hearing that, um, unpacking that decision kind of table t- cable tech oriented excuse me um
4: but yeah Tyler another great episode another great episode we're launching two more radio shows here on market scale radio the Maverick of marketing with Shannon Maverick that's gonna be on Mondays at 9 a.m and then revenue radio with Tim Maitland our VP of business development here at market scale he's gonna be uh, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. huge so huge two Itch. more radio show here two more radio shows here <laughs> on market scale radio make sure to tune in for those Daniel. Let's get out of here, man. Let's get out of here. Peace, everyone. Have a good rest of your Friday.
0: Do you need more video content for your website and marketing channels? Want to create your own company podcast? MarketScale partners with companies to create the B2B content they need. Ask us how today.